Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Sunday, December 18th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. Tonight begins the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. And in the context of Hanukkah, I want to talk about immigration. I want to talk about U.S. immigration. And let me tell you why it's in the context of Hanukkah. It's actually in the context of Judaism in the larger picture. In Judaism, as in most religions that are founded and grounded in loving and compassionate principle, there is a quality that one should be exhibiting within that religion, and that quality is charity. It is imperative upon Jews to give charity. In Hebrew, the word is tzedakah, and tzedakah is what's called a mitzvah or a good deed. Mitzvah means good deed. And as I said, it is incumbent upon every Jew to give charity. But there is a caveat to giving charity in Judaism, and it's this. You are not allowed to give charity to the point that it puts you in the position of needing charity. Now, if you think about that, it's a logical and rational principle or directive If you give and give and give until you have nothing and you are in a position to need help, to need charity, you haven't really solved a problem. You may have eliminated or alleviated it somewhere else, but now you've added to the burden in a society of you needing to be taken care of. The reason that I bring this up in the the context of immigration is because I believe the Biden administration's current position, current policy on immigration is in fact doing. It is putting the United States in the position of that person or the equivalent of that person who gives so much charity that they themselves become needy. And I say this because we have now what is indisputably an open, unenforced southern border. Now, I know that this country belongs to all of us, all of you who are listening who may be citizens of the United States. I know I have listeners from around the world, but I want to, for the moment, simply address those of you who are United States citizens. This is, in essence, my country. It's your country. But I live in Texas, so Texas is my state, And what's happening in my state is deliberate, unjustifiable, inexcusable, and criminal, not to mention in violation of the United States Constitution, a document that so many people lately seem to think isn't all that important. And some of the people who think that document isn't all that important reside in the White House and in the State Department and in Homeland Security. And in the FBI, they are members of this administration who are deliberately, Alejandro Mayorkas, deliberately 
allowing unfettered crossing of our southern border. There are several problems that that creates. One is additional population that need to be taken care of. The people who are coming across our southern border, almost without exception, their first language is not English. They may not speak it at all. They come from different cultures that have different ways of living, different ways of even habiting a home or a neighborhood. We have different cultures around the world that interact within the culture itself quite differently than we do here in the United States. And while we have always been what we call a melting pot, at some point, the pot has stopped melting. And those people who are coming in are not assimilating into the culture. They are operating within it, but with the means and the methods that they used in their, what was their home country or their country of origin. And they are taking advantage of the social programs and system and government programs here in the United States that allow them to continue to do that. So number one, it's sheer population and it's drain on our financial situation. If you think that not that many people have come in or what's the big deal, let me try to just put it into perspective. Since Joe Biden took office, 2.5 million illegals have crossed the border. Now, they're the ones we know about. We can't count who we didn't catch. And they say two to three times get away to the number that we actually catch. But let's just say 2.5 million is the actual number. Forget all the ones who got in and we're not counting them. If 2.5 million people were given their own state, if we took all those illegal aliens and gave them territory, gave them a state, that state would be larger than the population of New Mexico, Nebraska, West Virginia, Idaho, Hawaii, New Hampshire, Maine, Montana, Rhode Island, Delaware, North and South Dakotas, Alaska, Vermont, and Wyoming. I'm sure that gives you pause for thought, It certainly gives me pause for thought. So first we have the sheer number of people that are here who are not assimilating, but who are benefiting from all of the social services and government programs. But with those people come several things. Comes fentanyl, which is the number one killer in our country. 100,000 people have died from fentanyl overdose. We have police officers who have been exposed to it, who have nearly died. All you have to do is inhale it. You don't even have to take it in in any other form. You can accidentally get it in a prescription medication if you're not careful about where you get your prescriptions from. You can get it at a party. You can get it from a friend. You can have it in a drink. It doesn't take an addiction to fentanyl to kill you. It only takes exposure to it one time can kill you. And that's why we have lost so many people to fentanyl. And that's coming in our southern border, unfettered. Thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds of it and other illegal narcotics. 
coming across an open southern border. So now we have the sheer magnitude of the population, and now we have the drugs coming in. We have the sex trafficking. I think the United States is number one in the world in sex trafficking. We have that coming in. We have all of these women and young women who are being raped along the way by the mules and the drug cartels who are abusing them and using them and doing horrific things to children and running those children back across that border several times as stooges so that they can get adults in pretending to be the parents of those children. It is a horrific situation. And I live in Texas and I can tell you the following. I've lived in Texas since 2013. I lived north of Austin for two and a half years. I lived in Austin proper for three years. And I've lived in Waco now for two, almost two and a half years. And I have watched Texas change. I've watched Waco change. And the change I'm talking about is not change perceived because I'm a racist, because I moved into a state that has a huge Hispanic population. I had no problem with that. What I now have a problem with is the increase of the apparent illegal population. And there is a visceral difference. You can tell the difference. The other thing that happens here in Texas, for those of you who may either experience it moderately across the country or who live in Texas and experiencing it daily, it's incredibly difficult to find laborers in Texas who will work for anything other than cash. And the reason is obvious. They're not declaring it. They are mostly illegal. And even if they're legal, they're not declaring their income. And yet they are applying for and getting all the benefits of food supplements and schooling and medical care and anything else that they can garner from the federal government. I know this from personal experience and you can talk to almost anyone here and they will tell you the same thing. And one of the reasons it's so infuriating is that, for example, a friend of mine is having surgery tomorrow. He and his wife are both entrepreneurs. They're a young couple. They're in their 30s, late 30s. And he has his own business and she has her own business. They both have LLCs. They both pay taxes. They both run their businesses above board. They pay $500 a month, $6,000 a year for health insurance. As I said, tomorrow he's going into surgery. His surgery is $85,000. It's on his knee. His health insurance pays $50,000. So he and his wife, who work hard for everything they have, will now have a $35,000 debt they have to pay off in the next few years because they do everything by the book and their health insurance doesn't cover it. But if you're illegal in Texas, you're going to get all the health care you need. The system is swamped. It's overloaded. It's hard to get health care. There's a long wait. I don't think that's unique to Texas, but it's particularly bad here. And I know stories of neighbors who have relatives who have ranches and farms down by the border, who, as I've talked about in prior episodes, have to allow the illegals to run through their fields and across their acreage for the sheer pleasure of not having the cartels kill them 
or kill their cattle or set fire to their properties. And so, because the government won't do anything about it, and as Alejandro Mayorkas repeatedly lies, the border is protected and closed, the border is not open, nothing could be a more blatant lie than that. So when people talk about conspiracy theories, these aren't cons- this is not a conspiracy theory. This is reality. I live here. I'm in Texas. I can tell you firsthand. It is shameful. And it violates that principle that I started talking about at the beginning of the episode, which is when you give until you've depleted yourself and become yourself an object of charity, you've not solved anything. You've created a new problem. And it's not just the southern border and the people coming across it and the drugs that are chewing away, eating away at our financial situation, at our economy, and at our culture. It's also the billions of dollars that are going to Ukraine when recently in Washington, D.C., Lockheed Martin and the other defense contractors were given a party at a facility that the Ukrainian embassy threw a a thank you party in essence, and the sponsors of that party were Lockheed Martin and the other defense contractors. Of course, they're sponsoring that shamefully and blatantly, but it's because it's a gold mine for them. Not only all of the ammunition and all of the weapon systems that are going to Ukraine, but they're going to have to be replenished. And who's going to manufacture them? These same defense contractors. So again, all of the money going out is creating additional financial difficulty for the United States. And then there's the millions and the billions in total that we give to other countries. Joe Biden last week was in Africa or the week before, and he was rattling off in a speech amounts, millions and millions, and he kept identifying additional millions from this program and that program that we were sending to South Africa. I'm not saying we shouldn't be charitable. I'm not saying we shouldn't help other countries, but we're in deep trouble financially. Read posts by anyone in finance who knows what they're doing and can put it all in the context of history. We are in financial deep trouble, and the worst is probably ahead of us because the dollar is losing value by the month. And what's planned is a digital currency to replace it. And that means the government will be able to track every single penny you spend and perhaps even control how you spend it, when you spend it, and where you spend it. I said I wanted to talk about immigration in the context of Hanukkah and of Judaism in a broader umbrella. And it's because immigration has a history with the Jewish people in this country. And that history, at least a particular moment of it, is when the MS St. Louis was off the coast of Miami in 1939 with 937 Jewish passengers who had managed to escape Germany. Now, World War II had not started yet, but Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass in Germany, when a state-organized pogrom left Jewish businesses and homes and places of worship in shambles, Kristallnacht had already occurred. The pressure was already on in Germany against the Jewish people. 
And so some people took the bold step of getting on the the St. Louis and they believed that they were going to Cuba. They had passports to Cuba and that Cuba was going to accept them as a holding location until they could get into the United States. But when the St. Louis got to Cuba, Cuba revoked all of their passports and would not allow them to disembark. And so they headed for the United States. And for weeks off the coast, they begged Franklin Roosevelt and his government to let them into the United States. 937 people. And you know what? They were denied entry. They couldn't find sanctuary here even though in the end they sent a desperate cable to Roosevelt begging him and he ignored them. The passengers had to abide by the existing quota system for immigration in the United States. And the quota system was only 27,000 people from Germany and Austria could come into the United States annually. 27,000 people annually from two separate countries. 2.5 million illegals have come into this country in the last two years. On June 6th, 24 days after the St. Louis left Europe, it turned around to return. Almost all the people on the St. Louis died at the hands of the Nazis. 27,000 were turned away as the Jews were beginning to be slaughtered in Europe. Two and a half million have been allowed into this country with no vetting, with no regard for our immigration policy, with no knowledge of what problems they may bring, what terrorists might be with them, what illnesses they may be bringing with them, none of it. So when people talk about conspiracy theories and you look at immigration, and you look at what it's doing to the economy, and you look at inflation, and you look at the priority that everything LGBTQ plus one is getting, when you look at everything being called racist, when you look at abortion, the 60 million that have been aborted since Roe, and the reversal of Roe and the Dobbs decision, and how it still allows abortion in states that choose to have it, but it's not good enough. When you look at unequal justice for people like Harvey Weinstein or Jeffrey Epstein, or we'll see what happens with Bankman Freed from FTX, probably not a lot. When you look at the unequal justice for the famous or the rich or the political, when you look at health care, for example, the story I told you about my friend who's having the surgery tomorrow and what it's going to cost them out of pocket because he does everything legally. When you look at the omnibus bill that's about to be passed by both the House and the Senate, rushed through 2,000 plus pages that will never be read by anyone who will vote to pass it in the next couple days so that there's no opportunity to curb the outrageous spending in the omnibus bill. When you look at the billions that went to Ukraine and the other countries around the world, I come back to where I started. I come back to Tzedakah. I come back to charity. This administration, for whatever reason, and I can't even fathom what that would be other than a goal to destroy the United States of America, this administration is putting us in a position 
where we will be the beggars, where we will need charity, where we will not be in the position that the United States has been in for as long as I can remember and long before that. It's good to be charitable. It's good to be giving. It's good to be in the position to be able to do it, but not in the way it's happening now. So when people say that everything is a conspiracy theory, it's only a conspiracy theory if there aren't facts. But if you look at the facts and you face reality and you look at what's happening on all of the fronts that I talked about in tonight's podcast, you come to only one conclusion. These aren't conspiracy theories. These are conspiracy facts. But the conspiracy isn't by an outlying group that's trying to take down the duly installed government. This conspiracy appears to be occurring within the government, duly installed or not. And it's putting us in a position where we will need to put a hand out and ask someone to help us. I want to leave you with a positive note. And it's this, there is a spiritual way to look at other people and to help other people and to be a light unto other people. There's a little parable and it goes like this. Imagine if you got up every morning and when you looked in the mirror, an angel looked back at you and said, you are created in the image and likeness of God. And then everywhere you went throughout the day, no matter who you encountered, no matter where you went, right before you arrived, that angel announced your arrival by saying, created in the image and likeness of God. Now imagine if everyone else in the world had the same thing, had an angel announcing their arrival before they arrived, letting you know that they were created in the image and likeness of God. Imagine how that would change the world. Imagine how that would change how we treat one another and how we manage our resources. I think there is a solution to the suffering in the world, but it's never through government. And it's certainly not through a corrupt government. And it's certainly not by turning you and me and everyone else in this country into beggars. I was created in the image and likeness of God. So are you. And if each of us act accordingly, we can make a difference. And that difference can turn around the path that we're on. But it requires each of us to realize our own divinity and our own power. And then to use it, as I always say, for the highest good of all concerned. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next Sunday. And until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.